It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante. And with me is our very special guest, the new offensive coordinator for the Penn State Nittany Lions, T. Frank Carr. Before you start sending in your... It's just an exercise here. Yes. It's just for our sake that T. Frank is the new offensive coordinator. If Mike Yersich is listening, coach, do not go racing to your phone to track down uh, James Franklin. It's, you it's still the have summer. It's the summer. It's the summer. This is this is the content we get to in the summer. <laughs> Nor listen, Jim. Normally, I'm great at jazz. I'm great at playing along. I'll riff with you. Uh, <laughs> so I, I feel a little bad, like undercutting everything you're 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 setting up here. But uh, I'm just these lofty heights scare me. So we're gonna we're gonna not notch it down a bit. That's all. <laughs> all right. We had to do the full disclosure. What is it when you? Um, you can't get yourself in legal trouble if it's an obvious parody. Yes. So we can't get ourselves in trouble. I think it's a little, although some of our listeners have so much confidence in you, T. Frank, I suspect some would, and I'm in the same situation. I, I think you would make a heck of an offensive coordinator. All right. Last segment, we kind of went big picture. We went overview. That's fine and good, but... To really make a defense uh, a difference, you have to get into the nitty-gritty. That's what we're going to do this segment. Specifically, T. Frank, what are the things that you need to shore up with this offense? What are the specific changes you need to make to make this a T. Frank Carr offense? So, I mean, as long as we're as long as we are um, doing theoreticals here. We're, we're we're not going to use the Penn State offense specifically because really, and this is this is, I think, what Mike Yersich did last year is here's what I'm working with. So therefore, this is the offense we're going to create. And that really, I think, is the sign of a good offensive coordinator. It's it's not that I have my system and you can get the hell out if you don't fit in it. It's okay. Who am I working with? How do I make this work year to year? Because the reality of offensive football is that... Um, you can have a system, but it's everything. So James Franklin says this all the time when I ask him questions about scheme and, and, and play calling and stuff like that. And he says, like, everyone runs the same stuff because kind of like there's only so many ways to cover in, on defense. There are only so many passing concepts and you can get creative and you can make up some stuff, but they're all based off kind of the same things. And you need to use different concepts to attack different coverages. And that's how you game plan for a week is what are you going to major in that particular week? What's your style of this pretty uh, universally accepted passing concept? So that's really, uh, you know, and that's and I'll, full disclosure, like the passing concepts, I'll understand and I'll watch film and I'll see where the ball should have gone based on the route combinations and the defense. But when it comes to the actual plan of attack, and the, the the systems in place to then attack, I would say that is my weakest area when it comes to 
football analysis is is really predictive sort of okay so you need to run these versus this coverage that is an area where you know in my off season training I'm doing routes and coverages and things like that and it's just it, it is a very complicated part of football that being said um everyone runs west coast principles essentially is that everything's built off like the Bill Walsh timing your feet to the route so that there's this timing in football so that everything's in sync. So that's pretty ubiquitous when it comes to like, oh, this is a West Coast offense. Every offense is a West Coast offense. The difference is how you incorporate the running game. And I think that's the area where I would tweak a little more and honestly just go back to what Mike Yersich was doing previously, where at Oklahoma State and at Texas and um, I, I think even at Ohio State, even though he was just the passing game coordinator, I shouldn't say just, he was not involved in the running game as much, I would assume, is that I would implement more outside or wide zone. And here's the reason. Um, when you want to create space for your offense, if you can stretch the field horizontally and vertically, the best way, I, I think the best way to do that, to put stress on a defense, make them run, is to use the outside zone. Because you can use the outside zone, the inside zone in concert, and they're supposed to look the same. Um, so going to more of a pure zone system without being a slave to it, I think, is the is a good way. Because you can create stuff off of that. Um, I covered the 49ers for a while uh, with Kyle Shanahan as the head coach. And I really like the things you can do based off of the outside zone action. And Sean McVay, who is, you know, from the Kyle and Mike Shanahan tree, has taken this to a new level of incorporating receivers in motion, pre-snap, where you might be handing off to a jet sweep, you might have a bubble screen on the outside, you might uh, have an end around, you might have uh, just a standard zone. You've got so many different responsibilities for the linebackers to have to, play into how you're going to defend this that I think it puts stress on that level of the defense and that's really the weakest part of the defense I think you should be attacking is the guys that are in that gray area of having responsibility in run and pass because yes corners have to rally and tackle they have to play contain on the outside but their primary responsibility is coverage the deep safety his responsibility is coverage if you've got a safety you know, your 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 boundary safety in the Penn State defense who needs to scream downhill and fill the alley, that guy has some responsibility, but he still needs to have an eye on the passing game. He needs to be aware of that. The linebackers are put in a no-man's land, and that's where I think the outside zone can help you because they need to be in their gap on the front side, which could be five or six yards towards whichever side you're running. Um, but they also have to be in their zone. And if you do that and bootleg off the uh, off the backside, you use an RPO, you use read option even, I think it creates this this shearing effect on the defense. Especially if you add in those, those um, end arounds, those jet sweeps, it's almost like you're taking scissors to the defense because they've got responsibilities going one way and the other. Now, defenses have evolved to uh, combat this a little bit, but in college, where the field side is so long, the, the, the long side of the field is exaggerated. You can create so many one-on-one -on -one opportunities in that area where it's a little easier on the quarterback as long as he stays disciplined, even if he's got that free rusher in his face, to then find the ball at the intermediate or deep part of the field when it comes to those uh, middle zones. So I know that was a very convoluted, long way to go through run and pass, 
but really that's the goal is that your your offense should should blur the line between run and pass so that the defense is always at a disadvantage. So uh, there are concepts that Penn State uses that I really like, and I would incorporate them into more of an outside zone stretch sort of thing to create even more of this discord between uh, the front seven and and the, the coverage unit. Going into the season last year, and again, I learned a lot of this from Coach Caduti, he talked about Mike Yursich wanting to stretch the field both horizontally and vertically, and the wide zone seemed to be part of that, but it seemed to be abandoned pretty quickly. Why was yeah. that? Well, they couldn't run it. Um, the offensive line struggled to... So this is the problem with the outside zone, is that anything post-snap, any movements, if your offensive line is not in sync, they won't match it. So you are not responsible for a man. You're responsible for an area in zone blocking. And the thing with inside zone is that it's there's less risk involved of a negative play because everyone's tight together. The difference between man and inside zone blocking is very minimal. Like in, in terms of they both use double teams on the interior. They're both trying to reach the linebacker after that inside in, inside double team. It's just are you going vertically or are you taking your first step horizontally and crashing down on that double team? And to me, that is immaterial because if you're strong enough to move them, you're strong enough to move the defensive lineman. And if you're athletic enough to get to the second level, you're athletic enough to get to the second level. And I understand there are differences, but if you're good, uh, there, there, there are not a lot of differences. That's why Penn State blurs man and zone quite a bit, but it's all in t on the interior. When you're stretching out wide, there are more running lanes for teams to shoot gaps, for you to make mistakes, and for negative plays to happen. And I, I think, and I, you know, I, I've tried to ask James Franklin a couple of times, but we've never really gotten to this point of why he doesn't use it as much. He didn't previously to the last two coordinators. And why has it really worked? Is I, I just believe there are more opportunities for negative running plays, which is what we saw last year. And they tried to continue to incorporate it, continue to work on it. They didn't abandon it like they did in 2020 because they just had never practiced it. Uh, and it got a little bit better, and you saw, I think in the Maryland game was a good example of sometimes they were to get, they able to get Kevon Lee into a good running lane for him to just break into the secondary. I think you'll see a little more of that with, with some of the more explosive backs they've got this year and with Lee being a little bit strong, a little bit more mature in the offense. Um, so, so that would be why they didn't use it and why I think if they can use it this year, it can help. But then I've, I've wondered myself, am I making too big of a deal of that? And should they be able to overcome that in different ways? And I think that there's an argument there as well. Coach Carr, I've got a question for you. Sure. When During your time on the Keystone kickoff show, you mentioned that Sean Clifford really struggled when under pressure. Now, every mm -hmm. quarterback does, but he did so more so than others. How do you plan on fixing that? Is it just a matter of the offensive line has to be better so he's not under pressure as often? Or are there things you could do in the design of the offense to alleviate that? So that goes back to what I said in the previous segment of uh, creating clear decisions for the quarterback to make. And that, uh, you know, I struggle with this as somebody who, you know, trained PFF and, and the running game doesn't matter is their mantra of like being inflammatory to say that it is less efficient than throwing the football. And you don't need to, quote, establish the run in order to use play action. However, you do need to be effective at running the football. It has to be a viable threat. That creates 
the stress on the front seven. And that's why I think offense coordinators stress and say, we're going to be good at running the football. It doesn't mean you're going to run on first every first and 10 like it's caveman days. But it means that if we want, want to run on first and 10, we're going to get at least four yards. And what that does is that creates, and I think this is where Sean Clifford would, would be helped a little bit, is the backside defenders have to be responsible for their gaps. Because if you're not, you're going to give up running plays. And that creates hesitation, and that creates some space for him to bootleg out the back, use that read option a little more effectively, and get on the second level of the defense on the on the backside of the play. And, and, and that's where I would try and attack more and give him clearer reads is get him out of the pocket a little bit and just make things easier, not make every play a straight drop back. You have to be good at that. You have to be good at that. But you don't have to be good at that 13, 20 times a game. Like, maybe less than half of the time. Get some easy throws in there, some chunk plays that way. Okay, that is it for our time with Coach Thomas Frank Carr. Stick around. T. Frank will answer your questions in our next segment. Stay tuned. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com.